You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Here it is. Our one year anniversary, mm-hmm. episode 50. One year, baby! Yeah. We only missed three weeks. Yeah. But here we are. It is rant times, baby. It is rant time. So we're going to see how this goes. <laughs> yes, we are. We're going to see how angry Martha and I get. We'll see. I was surprised how much anger I have after 10 years of not thinking about this. I'm not surprised about how much anger I No, have. yours is recent and it makes And sense. I still talk about it all the time. I'm still really salty about it all the time. What? No. Gasp. Bucky gasp. It's <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> a good gasp. You know, right? <laughs> all right. So to mark the special occasion... Instead of buying champagne, which I guess is what we should have done. But we did get our delicious, truly hard seltzer teas. Yeah. So these ones are the best ones. Oh, they're so But we don't want to overdo them or else we'll get bored of them. So we haven't had a... Well, we've had a couple of big ones, but other than we haven't gotten a 12-pack since the first one. That's true. So good. It's so yummy. So good. Yeah. So yeah. Also exciting news... We got vaccinated. Yeah. So we're on week. We didn't even have to wait for super, super long. So (laughs) so I was like, I'm getting a fucking sunburn. There's no way I'm not. (laughs) And then I didn't. So it's all good. Yeah. Well, the line was always moving, which was nice. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a long line, but it was always moving. And we weren't outside for too long before we got into the building. So we were there for what, like an hour and a half? An hour and a half and some change, and only because we have to save. Yeah, you have to stay that fifteen minutes at the end to make sure you're okay. So, what if you die after fifteen minutes? Well, then you're screwed, I guess. So we got the Johnson Johnson one, one and done, and it's been officially a week. So team one and done. We're all about that shit. Uh huh. So we have one more week to go. Building immunity. Yeah. And then we'll be officially vaccinated. But guess what? We still are going to socially distance and wear our masks. Because we're not shitty fucking dickheads. So get vaccinated, but still wear your mask and socially distance. All right. So episode 50. Mm -hmm. Let's see if we can get this right. 50 episodes in. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to be okay. And now I'm confused and anxious. <laughs> Don't <laughs> you good? I'm Brittany Petrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But First, Let's, Let's Talk, Talk Nerdy. Clank. Yeah. Crushed my it. finger in between our cans, but that's fine. Okay, crushed is an over exaggeration. Uh, I have no finger anymore, guys. <laughs> Speaking so I know you can't see anything. Uh my middle finger, which is the worst one to lose, is completely gone. Annihilated by clear uh, us trying to cheers <laughs> by our cheap cans cheersings together. Your hands just silly putty. <laughs> I have bird bones. My bones are hollow like a bird's. I still don't even think that would hurt a bird. No, probably not. <laughs> oh shit! All right. Mm-hmm. Episode fifty. Martha goes first for better or for worse. I feel like for worse or for worse. It would be worse if I went first, and it would be worse if I went second. So that's fine. I'm just going to sit here and drown in my salt while you talk. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) It's going to go both ways, so no worries. I'm going to need much hydration during yours. (laughs) All right, so kind of figured that this would be kind of like a debate, but... It's a debate where we're both on the same side and also not debating against anyone. And also we're right. <laughs> but kind of that format. Yeah. So maybe less of a rant. We'll see how that goes. Uh, so what dumb fucking shit am I talking about today? Today I'm talking about DC's New 52. Ugh. Here's a fun fact Ugh. for you. It has been 10 years since the stupid thing this year. And we're still feeling the after effects. I feel like it was... I know I was, I literally have made several references to it being 15 years ago. (laughs) Time is false. So granted, this has mostly been undone and time has proved me right. 
but I still want to fucking go off on it. So here we are. Cool. So the new 52 was the 2011 revamp and relaunch by DC Comics of its entire line of ongoing monthly superhero comic books. And it followed the conclusion of Flashpoint. Which was another fucking bummer of a comic. <laughs> I don't know what it is with dumb people being like, you know, a world that's filled literally to the brim of fucking supervillains isn't dark enough. Please add more grit and murder. I would like to see more blood in my superhero. And I'm like, no. So basically that whole story happens. Barry breaks the multiverse trying to save his mom. Fucking Barry. From Eobard Thawne. Barry. Barry. Barry, what are you doing? doing? And then he still remembers the past universe, but nobody else does. And now we're in this one. So yeah, the event takes its name from the company's thematic associations with the number 52, uh, which began with the publication of the weekly series 52, in which it was revealed that a multiverse of 52 parallel realities existed within the DC universe. (sighs) I already hate that. Mm-hmm. Take a nice big drink for mm-hmm. starting a reboot with 52 universes. <sighs> yeah, it's fine. Whatever. It's not fine. It's not fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fine, and I'm about to go into it. The relaunch included changes to the publishing format. Uh, for example, print and digital comics began to be released on the same day, which it's wild that they would make you wait for your digital comics. But whatever. New titles were released to bring the number of ongoing monthly series to 52. And then when they would drop some of those, they would bring a couple more in. Could so you there imagine were always 52 titles. All 52 titles? You would be so poor. I know because I bought comics during this time and it was... And, and I wasn't 52. And I was very fucking poor. <laughs> it wasn't 52 titles, but I was very poor. Yeah. <laughs> it's 52 titles and like half of them are fucking Batman and Superman. <sighs> Various changes were also made to DC's fictional universe to entice new readers, including changes to DC's internal continuity to make characters more modern and accessible. In addition, characters from Wildstorm and Vertigo imprints were absorbed into the DC universe. Uh, you know, some of those things are fine. Yeah. Absorbing was this some the, universes. Was the Oracle comic during the New 52? No. That was before the New 52. I think I essentially was reading right before the New 52, and then I stopped in the New 52, yeah. Which is 100% -hmm. fair. So, why for? Uh, Shock and awe, obviously, this was a money thing. Basically, DC was trying to revitalize their company because they were behind Marvel in sales. Shocking. But they weren't, like, super... Super behind. Yeah. Well, I felt like before the New 52, the bunch of things they had, I was enjoying a lot of what they they had. They had a lot of good shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, there were a lot of good things. There were a lot of female-fronted titles. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of things that that they decided to... That was Gotham City Sirens, too, right? um, ...drop, like, basically right before all of that fucking shit happened. Uh, The Batgirl run, which is one of my favorites. Yes! Tim's Red Robin run. Um, all of that shit that happened right before. Yeah, I was. I think I was literally reading Red Robin, Batgirl, Oracle, and Gotham City Sirens. And they were all right before. Mm-hmm. And then they all stopped. And then I stopped reading yep. DC Comics. Slash Ridley Comics in general. <laughs> shrug, shrug. <laughs> it goes both ways. <laughs> They're expensive. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they were behind Marvel in sales. But Marvel had like 38 to 40% of the market. And DC had like 30 to 34%. So yeah, so, yeah it's, it was that it's a, a small yeah. difference. It's not negligible. It would still be hard to catch up, but they're still definitely second and everybody else is like Way a distant below. third. Yeah. yeah, so it wasn't like everything is failing, so we'll try something new. But they did want to bring in new comic book readers, uh, which is a great thing on its own. Trying to get new people into mm-hmm. comics is a totally fair endeavor for the fucking comics industry. That's literally their job. That's every industry. Exactly. You always have to, you want to keep your old uh, audience, audience also, but you like, also bring in a new need one. to bring in new people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't grow if you're not bringing in new people. <laughs> uh, the problem is that the way they went about it, 
alienated a lot of people from old readers to new readers. Basically, at this point in DC, uh, years of contradictory retcons and crises <laughs> had seemingly erected barriers around the DC universe as it then existed, so they deemed a change in direction was needed. Uh, they figured basically the characters were too old, their aesthetic was dated, and their continuity was too complex. Which isn't unfair. DC's continuity is a fucking nightmare at best. It's true. And everything is just crisis. Yeah. And crises. There are so many crises. It's hard to keep and, track. And like, because you have literally 70 fucking years of history where, you know, everything's a big goddamn nightmare. And yeah, so, I mean, it's fair. DC can be very inaccessible to new readers. Not every nerd is ready to devote a few hours of Wikipediaing and digging up old scans to comics to figure out what happened in the past. And that's fine and probably the better and healthier way to get into anything. It's true. Mm-hmm. Also, now, though, it's a lot easier. It's so there are much podcasts. easier. Yeah, there's podcasts. You can put a, you can find a there's podcast a for anything. There's a lot of good things, like places to find. Yep. Like what you need to know. Basically, yeah, just exactly. what you don't have to go through this long thing of all this junk you don't actually need to know. Mm-hmm. Here's what you need to know. So you can find an hour podcast on the character or the story that you want to get mm-hmm. into and it'll explain everything and then you'll be good to go. Yeah. And then you'll be like an expert, which yeah. is really fun. There's a lot of backstory to all of these characters mm-hmm. and it's most of the time it's interesting. So it's fun to get into if you can, but also like there's a lot of it. So I can see how somebody would look at it and be like, ah, Overwhelmed. where do I start? Yeah. Um, especially 10 years ago where there weren't a thousand podcasts about it. Yes, yeah. I was going to say, now it's easier, Mm -hmm. but back then, not as much. So DC was willing to move outside of its core audience in order to open it up to new readers and trying to make it more accessible. So the DC editorial team at the time, which was Dan Didio, Jeff Johns, and Jim Lee, decided to try something drastic to breathe lifeblood into something that was lagging behind Marvel, but not a ridiculous amount. So they, what they decided to do was completely reboot the universe. Kind of. <sighs> but more on that in a second. So when it started out, uh, the DC New 52 was actually pretty successful when it opened up everything. Um, and it did bring in new readers. Like, there were readers who got into new characters that they'd never been able to get into. There were a lot of new readers who'd never read anything DC who started to for... At least a couple months, they had several of the top-selling comics, but by 2013, Marvel had gone back to being on top, and it turns out that alienating a bunch of your readers for so, 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 so many different reasons in order to attempt to bring in new people doesn't have the effect that you're going for. They did not attempt that the right way. No, no, they went around it the entirely wrong way, and it's so annoying, because it could have been incredible, and mm-hmm. it was fucking stupid instead. Yeah. Uh, prior to the launch of the New 52, Action Comics' last issue was numbered at 9.04, and Detective Comics was at 8.81. So they had started at the beginning and had literally never changed their numbering, and then all of a sudden they were like, well, we'll bring in new readers. So with the launch of the New 52, DC decided to renumber both Action Comics and Detective Comics to be number one, which like, supposedly- I feel like that loses- It does. So much history and just in like craziness. Like no matter when you rebooted, you never did that before. It's fine to reboot. Everything needs a reboot. It happens all over the place. Otherwise, you just, you need to restart. But like- but to erase, to erase all, everything, yeah, except for and, some and the of fact the parts. that you were like, "Hey, we were at nine hundred, but now we're restarting at one." Like you were almost at a thousand. That's a yeah. kick in your own ass. Nine hundred four <laughs> and eight eighty one. Like that's kicking yourself in the ass. Like yeah. no other comics were close to a thousand, and both of the comics were doing well. Yeah, like, they were attracting new readers, anyways, and had been for seventy fucking yeah. years. Um, and then it just looked like a marketing ploy that was supposed to serve DC and it just undermined their sense of history, which is basically 
Undermining their sense of history and not understanding what the brand was is exactly what all of the New 52 is about. Yep. Ugh. So they start off with Justice League and do their whole, like, this is five years before all of this shitty nonsense. The OG Justice League gets together for the first time and fights Darkseid, blah, blah, blah. And then um, most of the rest of the comics that were there opened up five years into the new universe. Uh, So in media res. Shit's been going down in superhero-wise as far as for only five years. But some of the storylines still kind of stayed the same. Others were going to be completely rewritten for new readers, so it's a little complicated. It's not doing the we're going to streamline exactly what you need, so you'll come in at the beginning and know. It's you're coming in five years later. We don't have any of that history written literally anywhere. You can't go back and read old comics because we haven't we told you what's yep. canon yet. And also half of those characters don't fucking exist yeah. anymore. And then also Batman and Green Lantern's histories had still more or less happened. Because they were like, we don't want to let go of everything. So we'll hold on to this. Kind of. It was like, DC came out with some dumb like thing. Like a guide for what was canon and what wasn't canon. The fa- okay. The fact that they had to come out with a guide shows that they fucked up. You're streamlining things, but now both your old readers and your new readers don't have any idea. No one has no idea. You should not have to come out with a guide. You can't even ask your old New York (laughs) friends because they don't know either. They're basically like, you are in this. I have no clue. You know as much as I do when it comes to this, even though I've been reading it for 70 years. Yeah. And that's so simple. Just fucking keep numbering it as you were. Like, it doesn't have to matter. Especially since, as it turns out, like, the more and more as you get into it, it wasn't that much of a reboot. It was just sometimes a reboot. Pieces of history were brought in, but as it became more and more clear as time went on, that no one had gotten together and decided these things specifically did happen, and these things didn't happen. No, so everybody was just writing and doing they're flying fucking blind they're flying blind they're trying to ask questions to people who don't know the answers and they gave six months to figure it out this whole thing you're rewriting 70 years of history in six fucking months every one of the crises that has ever happened and god knows they're all a nightmare and god knows they're all a lot has had usually a couple years Leading up to him. Because you have to build a story like that. You can't pull it out of your fucking ass because then it looks like it came out of your fucking ass. Hence, Hence. where were New 52? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, the the dumb metaphor that I'd written for this is basically that they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. Except for you're only eating some of the recipe. So you're eating like... It's like they forgot the eggs. Well, it's literally like they're just eating flour and they're like, this is fine. I'm having my cake and eating it too. And it's like, if you're the only ingredient you brought was Green Lantern and fucking Batman, then yeah, you're just eating the flour and you're a very unhappy boy. But here we are. Um, Don't just eat flour. No, that's gross. It sounds awful. (laughs) And also figuring out what to keep and what to change basically makes this reset to make things more comp- uh, less complicated completely fucking useless because it makes it completely inaccessible to anybody. It's not... You have backstory homework, but you can't even do it because it doesn't exist. And, like, they haven't decided what's part of it and what isn't. And they haven't rewritten anything, so you can't be like, oh, I wonder how this character acted in this. Oh, well, they would have acted completely different because they were relying on someone who doesn't exist anymore. So they decided to keep basically the Batman and the Green Lantern storylines because they were serving them personally. And uh, this would be less of an issue, except for they established that the universe was five years old. So Batman basically put on the cowl five years ago. So 70 years of Batman history happened in five. We got rid of a couple of it because we got rid of Steph and Cass. So, you know, any female or interesting aspects to things. Uh, But somehow Batman still had four Robins within the last five fucking years. 
but we still wrote Cass and Steph out of everything. Uh, we still do have, though, the killing joke, uh, Nightfall, which is when Batman gets his bat broken. Back broken. His bat broken. <laughs> The death in the family where Jason dies and all of that shit. And, and 12 Robins. But it's it's been five fucking years. So just sit with that fact for me for a second. So basically within five years, Bruce adopts Dick, who is supposed to be a similar age as him when he has his parents killed. Probably like eight to ten. But somehow he's all of a sudden 21 in Nightwing. Yep. Yeah, so he can only have aged five years because there's only five years. But, <laughs> but also, he's age 15. Yep. <laughs> Dick Grayson is, yeah, still currently Nightwing. They got rid of the finger stripes because they hate everything that's good. Uh, and he did run with the Teen Titans team. Like, that thing did happen. Batman must have trained him in a minute because he also had Jason, Tim, and Damien as Robins in this time. Ugh. Also, no, when here's they, a big... When they said that, when they were sitting there and like, but we'll still have all four Robins in five years. And everybody else was like, good plan. Well, and also, like, okay, so if you were going to get rid of a Robin, it should have been Damien, because here's why. How do you get Damien, who is ten, (laughs) when he's only been Batman for five years? If Bruce has only been doing the gig for five years, because uh, for those who don't know, Damien is the son of Bruce Wayne and Talia al Ghul, and they met because Bruce was doing his Batman thing, and... Uh, Rachel Ghoul is a big monster, and Talia, Talia Ghoul is so hot, hot as shit, but also a big fucking. <laughs> but also nightmare. a big monster. Um, yes. Yeah, he was raised by his mother in the League of Assassins and sent off to live with his father at the age of ten. So, uh, if Bruce has only been doing this for five years, where did Damien come from? And do we ever get an answer? Literally, no. They don't even say the future. They don't even do the lazy fucking shit. (laughs) Time travel! You took two seconds to think of that answer, and they didn't even do that. No. They were like, um, don't ask us that. It's a question mark. Damn it. Yeah. Um, And then it reset most relationships back to square one. So Superman wasn't with Lois anymore. There was no Green Arrow and Black Canary. Like, any of your relationships where you're like, oh. I love these characters because they've been together for a hundred years. They've been together for a hundred years and they're happy. And they were like, no, either both of those characters don't even exist anymore or they've been single for a thousand years. So yeah, our new continuity is just as confusing as the old one, but with none of the character development to go along with it. Not to mention that most of the decisions that were made here were overwhelmingly made by Shock and awe. Yeah, there was a huge lack of women on the creative level. Uh, And there were, because of that, a lot of harmful and misogynistic tropes that DC had gotten away from and then leaned right back into. So when the DC New 52 started, only 1% of the creators in the DC New 52 were women. So there were a lot of terrible, harmful, misogynistic tropes that they leaned right back into. And you could tell 100% from everything that there were only 1% of the creators being women. Because there were so many things. And here are some examples. I know, we're all the most unhappy. Believe me. But it wouldn't be a rant if I wasn't gonna rant. (laughs) So, uh, Starfire. So Starfire was one of the most widely criticized character changes of the new 52 and the complaints really centered around two things her outfit and the dramatic change in her personality and her outfit what the fuck ever starfire as a character doesn't always wear a lot of clothes and is a big fan of nudity and that's fucking fine that's who she is yep. that's her planet mm-hmm it wasn't a great outfit because they did bad art but what it are you would, gonna you know, do that's yeah you're not always going to like outfits. Exactly. Starfire is always dressed skimpy, and I feel like most of the um, criticism for this was more from people who knew her from the Teen Titans cartoon, where that you see her as a kid instead of the Starfire. Which she, that for we know. being Teen Titans cartoon, she still has fucking thigh highs and midriff showing. Yep. So, yeah, they toned it down because it's a younger kid's show, but. 
Starfire is not doesn't wear clothes. Yeah, literally, like when she hangs around the uh, the Teen Titans Tower, sometimes she doesn't wear clothes at all, and they have to yes. be like Starfire. It's normal to wear clothes, and she's like, "Okay, I'll only do this when you guys aren't around." <laughs> Sorry, my bad. So that's not really a fucking issue. The real problem with Starfire is that her new personality was not a personality in that she was almost like a weird, sad, emotionless sex toy. It was gross. So that was added on to whatever disgusting outfit I'm sure they gave her. Exactly. Yeah, so like the outfit wouldn't be that much of a problem on its own if you gave Starfire her exuberance her regular life amazing personality exactly. that she alien personality. Like she's a person who like genuinely loves sex and that's not a problem for a female character. It's a problem if she's just like a cold, dead, emotionless sex robot. Because somebody doesn't understand who her characterization is. Because someone doesn't understand that females enjoy Mm -hmm. sex. Yeah. Also, uh, however utterly lacking this new Starfire is, DC's response to fan complaints may have been even worse. Oh, God. Yeah. Instead of addressing the issue, DC simply pointed out that Red Hood and the Outlaws was rated teen and left it at that. Uh, what does that even mean? I'm, I'm not really sure if that's supposed to mean, oh, well, this is for teens. So, yeah, we can have this sad sex robot instead of this exuberant joy of life person. Or, sorry, this was written by somebody who is effectively a teenager. And this is all we're saying. I don't even fucking know. But it's bullshit. And it makes me but enraged. Whether you're making her this sexless this is bad writing this lifeless sex robot yeah. or her regular exuberant love sex bursting personality mm-hmm. self that's still not a teen personality no. so the fact that you're just like oh this is a teen comic doesn't make any sense yeah. it's rated teen it would but like still teen 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 it's for teens that so her personality for either way doesn't fit a teen rating. So whatever your fucking comment here doesn't even make sense. It makes literally no sense except for to enrage me. I'm so bad, especially since Starfire is such an incredible character. Who fucking was like, "This is the comment to put out about this"? Probably Dan Didio. Who fucking okayed that? That would be my guess. Please have your penis cut off. Well. And thrown out a window. Hold your horses. We haven't even gotten anywhere yet. This is just our first complaint. Kind of. We've had a couple of complaints. Um, I already have some boiling in me that I know exists. Oh, I know. (laughs) Um, So both uh, former Batgirls, Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Kane, had their histories completely erased. Just so you know, Stephanie Brown is one of the best fucking things to ever be in comics. So and Cass Kane. Like, like, I love Babs so much, but like, Cass Kane was in- so fucking important and interesting and like, fascinating and she was never given enough room to breathe so that she could become like a real fucking character. Ugh, and that makes me like, tragic. Steph was because she had some really good writers who wrote for her and she got to punch Batman in the face and it was the best day of all of our lives. I know. Uh, and she's a fucking queen. But like also they were like there was a lot of weird shit where they were like not happy to put Steph in anything. Which is so I distinctly weird. remember. Um, I, I think it was like- Darwin Cook did like a little gr- like because he did the like teeny teen titans everything was really cute <laughs> yes um and the there titans. was one where they remade they made him do somebody's hair from blonde to red so that it, even though it was just like supposed to be some kid dressed up as batgirl i'm like are you fucking kidding me so i feel he's like, just trying to give yes. a nod and they're not say, even letting him do that yes I feel like it's a uh, men being like, no, it, even though there, I don't feel like there's any way a female who is at all a feminist would not fucking like Steph. Like, she's great. She's so great. Well, and I feel like the whole Batgirl triptych is incredible. Like, every one of them. Yes, all three of them are great. And uh, yeah, yeah, I love Babs. Like, I love mm-hmm. Babs. I don't know enough about Cassie to yeah. have strong emotions about her. This one's but Cass, not Cassie. Cass, okay. No Cassie worries. Cassie is Wonder Girl. 
I understand. <laughs> I don't know how we got so many fucking Cassandras because that's not a name that happens all the time. And DC's like, we threw them everywhere. DC doesn't understand to use different names. No, DC doesn't understand to use a lot of things. Um, so they do later bring stuff in, but it took like years and it was at the t- more like the tail end and people were mad from the beginning. So people were making a fucking stink from the beginning and they're like, no, we're not going to do anything yeah. about it. And so like, it's one person that doesn't, or it's the few uppers that don't like staff while or everybody else likes I'm not staff. saying, but I did mention the three people who were in charge of all of these decisions. For a reason. Yep. For a very distinct reason. Um, so but yeah, so exactly. There were a couple things where I know they tried to put references in for stuff and then they pulled them out because whoever was in charge was just like, no, we're not doing that. We're doing exactly what I want. And what I want is Batgirl Barbara Gordon to stay forever and ever. Which is my next point. So Barbara Gordon recovered from the paralysis inflicted on her. Happens. Uh, by the Joker's bullet in Batman the Killing Joke. And Batman the Killing Joke is a disgusting story where she is just an object and it's horrible. It's gross. But a lot of DC is growing from somebody who chose to write a disgusting story and making it into something that's great. I know that sounds really weird, but like it happens a lot in DC. Mm-hmm. Like Batgirl, after she was paralyzed, became Oracle. When she was Oracle. Oracle's incredible. She's so fucking amazing. Yeah, because Oracle is basically on top of every superhero that is doing things on Earth. Probably several that are off planet. Like, and still, like, keeps her fucking shit together. I remember when they... And still strong. Yeah, Talia, um, during one of my favorite runs on the Teen Titans, um, which is, I think, when Damien was still... Damien was on the Teen Titans for like half a fucking minute. Imagine. I don't see that going well. <laughs> well, it was just him and Rose being like, oh, we have daddy issues together. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So I'm like, oh, too many things that I love <laughs> together. They did a whole thing. And during the Battle of the Cowl, Talia sent the League of Assassins after anyone who was close to Batman. So like... Dick Grayson, you know, any of them. But all also... Of the, all of the Robins, all of the Batgirls, yeah. all of so, the... Yeah. <laughs> Superboy gets sent to Barbara to make sure that she's chill and okay and that he can protect her and that sort of shit. And he shows up and all of the assassins are fucking down and Gone. she just has, yeah. like, some sticks in her hand and is still, like, typing around. She just has her, f- yeah. her fucking shit on lock and he's like, I have the weirdest boner. And he doesn't say <laughs> that, but we all... We're thinking it. Um, <laughs> like, do you want to beat me up? Um, what? <laughs> but yeah, so with Barbara recovering, it unrode a lot of her amazing success as Oracle because it never really had the chance to happen because that shit just didn't happen because DC was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, that and happened you know, like 30 years ago, but it's fine. It makes me annoyed too because they fucking did what they did to Babs because she wasn't a liked character back in the day. Yeah. And now they're going to unwrite everything. And then they were like, um, these two other Batgirls aren't as liked as Babs. So Which we're going to unwrite I her history. Bullshit on, but And then make yes. her into this more Jeez. relatable character, which I'm like, more relatable than Steph? And secondly... But also, like, she was... You wanted to go back to all your classic shit. Just say that. Yeah. Don't... Yeah. She was so good at Oracle. Incredible. Incredible. One of the best characters. So good. That I've Oracle ever seen. comic was so, she was so strong. And interesting. And interesting. And fascinating. And, yeah. And, like, cute. Like, yeah. this is where, like, Dick Grayson got to be fucking Nightwing, and that was his, like, graduation. Mm-hmm. And this kind of ended up being yep. Babs's graduation. And into. it was just inspirational. Like... like this horrible thing happened to her, but she's still just going to keep chucking, chug, chugging on there. Chugging on. She's, she's, she's she should go to fucking wherever those assholes live and chuck them out their window. Probably fair. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Wonder Woman's backstory was also rewritten, so now the Amazons, instead of being peaceful people who withdrew from man's world because they saw all the things wrong with it, were now savage rapists and pillagers. I know! So any new Amazon that was born was because an Amazon, like, raped a man and then went back and got pregnant that way. Which I'm wow, like, you know what that makes me? They have no consideration for every single female that has ever been sexually assaulted ever. Or male. Or male. This was but like being like, like let's person... turn the tables. How do you like that? And also like a fuck you. What a huge misunderstanding of what the Amazons, Amazons are were. supposed yeah. to be. Ugh. Ugh, so gross. That's it's, that's disgusting. Like yeah. that is dis- they should be ashamed well, of the themselves Amazons are basically for that. like they're the um mirror to Wakanda basically mm-hmm. where it's like man's world has never touched them so they never became these terrible people yep. and yeah they've got weapons but also like they're not they're mostly peaceful people that's their whole jam and this was like nope actually they're monsters also uh Wonder Woman had a dad instead of just being made by clay and Hippolyta yeah, I think it was Zeus, probably, which is the worst. Ugh! I was like, how That is you- literally the worst one you could pick. <laughs> would you like the worst? Out of all of them, let's pick Zeus. Just because it's Zeus. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> uh, like, uh, if you were going to pick anybody, pick fucking Ares. And then have her be the daughter of war. It makes more sense. They have, like, she, Ares is a big villain. No, they're like, Zeus, it's fine. I'm like, Ew. no. Not only understand. is that lazy, that's disgusting. Yeah. And then also... Zeus is disgusting. She's dating Superman for a bit. Which is also disgusting. It's weird. And I can tell you there's literally a scene, because I remember it, and I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm never buying anything from DC Comics again. <laughs> Where they have Clark mansplaining how to use a fucking disguise to Diana so that people wouldn't recognize her as Wonder Woman and she's nodding along like he's a fucking visionary. And both of these characters would be so disgusted by this. Like, real, real Diana would have punched him and real Clark would have, would have also punched, punched him. Yeah, exactly. It's gross. It's also, like, Clark, you put on glasses. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you're not a fucking, like genius for doing this disguise and like acting a little bit less like super heroic or whatever and kind of bumbling and they're like oh wonder woman's like oh my god clark how smart you are (laughs) i'm like oh god no bad so next up uh we also lost a lot of legacy characters in order to give the flagship characters uh more room to breathe which uh, DC has a ton of legacy characters. That's like one of their fucking things. So like where you have Batman, you've got a thousand Robins and several Batgirls and like other people later on, you've got Terry for Batman Beyond. Like it's, it's a thing where it it follows and it it goes on and on and it makes sense. And like they pass a legacy down to the next person so that it continues instead of just either making people immortal or things like that. A lot of the legacy characters to correct the fact that the JLU and all of them were almost exclusively straight white dudes were less straight and less white and less dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you had a lot of characters of color, you had a lot of female characters, you had more not a lot, let's not pretend that would be my dream, but you had a couple of queer characters here. <laughs> Everyone <where>. was bi. <laughs> my dream. Martha's dream world. Yeah. Everything just sparkles around me. I'm like, is there glitter in my eye or is everything just better? So uh, characters that we'd basically put in because we'd already had this problem and people had recognized this problem and tried to fix it. So characters like Ryan Choi as the Atom, Cass Kane as Batgirl, Connor Hawk as Green Arrow, uh, Jaime Rice as uh, Blue Beetle, Kimio Hiroshima as the and actual I mean, good and not shitty Dr. Light. There, she's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm actually Dr. Light, but I'm a superhero cool. and not shitty. Like, and it makes sense. Sense yeah. when they started it 70 years ago exactly. that they'd all be born 70 white years dudes. ago, of course, like, they're all terrible. And then they were like, oh, this is a problem, so let's add some diversity. Mm-hmm. 
And then they're like, oh, wait, we're shitty white dudes, so let's go back to having a beer problem. But yeah, exactly. And these characters expanded the universe and made it more interesting and diverse. And the New 52 was like, diversity is very important to us. And then was like, we're going to get rid of almost all of those characters. I don't think they got rid of Jaime, but I think literally every other character that I listed, they got rid of. Because they were just like, well, we have to make room for the person who came before. And it's like, do we? First of all, that person already had room before you decided that you were going to needlessly reboot. And secondly, do we really need to make room for them? No. The answer is no. No! They also murdered Ryan Choi in, like, this horrifying way right before, like, everything went down. And then never did anything about it. And it was just the worst. Uh, another thing that went down during the reboot, and I think this probably, I didn't find any articles that were as salty as me about this, <laughs> but I remember it coming out and I remember being immediately fucking infuriated. Basically, there was a ton, ton, ton of press. You might remember it and you might not. Like they had like fucking People Magazine or like the New York Times had an article because DC was going to have a gay Green Lantern. Oh, I think I do sort mm-hmm. of have a recollection of something. Yeah. And, and like, cool, probably should have just gone with Bi and just gone with Kyle because that makes the most sense. he's already a bisexual disaster. An obvious choice <laughs> is very obvious, I'm just saying. Um, and they'd already kind of, before they'd released that it was going to be a Green Lantern, made a big deal about it, saying that there was going to be a longtime character that was going to either like more or less come out or something like that and people had thoughts the message boards went crazy i was like i call tim drake and then it was wrong and i was mad (laughs) am i wrong though but are you wrong (sighs) i can almost see tim drake just as asexual i think he's both gay and ace okay Mm -hmm. that's fair so i think he'd get in a romance with fucking superboy like that (laughs) So quick. They're the most gay I've ever seen anything. But if you have to have a bat and a soups together, that is the most gay pairing. But yeah, so they were like, uh, yay, we have a gay Green Lantern. Yay. And there was tons and tons of publicity. It was fucking everywhere. You remember the fact that it fucking happened at all, which Mm -hmm. is anything. So OG Green Lantern JSA style week two would i know we've already talked about that this week and uh hopefully they did not keep that in his backstory because there's a lot of dumb shitty jokes that i would have made alan scott was gay which cool awesome that's great i don't even know who that is yeah so he he's the green lantern that came before hal okay but he's not like an Oh, a Green Lantern? It's so confusing. Green Lanterns confuse or lanterns confuse yeah. me. There will definitely be at least one Lantern episode in the okay. future. You've already done a Lantern episode. There will be <laughs> at least one Lantern episode in the future. <laughs> also. <laughs> there will be another Green Lantern. <laughs> lantern episode a more mainstream lantern episode in the future yes it won't be just weird cute buddies so yeah that would be cool it would be super cool except and cool except is the theme for all of dc new 52 uh not only is this green lantern not on your main earth he's on earth too so he doesn't even really count he's like a side character but also Alan Scott, in the main storyline, before he rebooted everything, had children. He had a son, Obsidian, and he had Jade, who you probably remember. I love Jade. She's a cutie and a booty. I love her. Yeah, but she's, uh, Jade and Obsidian are twins. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't remember if they were both erased from the universe, But Obsidian was definitely erased from the universe, and he was already established as a gay character in the main universe. So it's basically a one-for-one trade, but not even, because you're not even in the main universe. they essentially just erase the gay character. Yeah. So why do we let 
white men decide anything ever. Hold on. Ever. Hold on. It gets so much worse. I think they should all be freaking obliterated. They immediately fridged his boyfriend. Yeah. So for the uninitiated, what fridging means is basically when they take a character that is a marginalized character and they kill that character or torture them in some horrifying way in order to give the main dude some sort of motivation to do the right thing and a tragic backstory. And fridging was coined because DC literally chopped up a woman and put her into a fridge, Kyle Rayner's girlfriend, Alex, who never got a last name. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, never so... never reading a DC comic ever again. <laughs> They're all sexist pigs. It's the worst because they have so many good characters. Sexist, homophobic, uh, racist pigs. But yeah, so... so it's yeah. all I've gotten from this. <laughs> they did not do well by most characters for a lot of different reasons. One of the best things that came out of the New 52 was DC's willingness to experiment with like new weird titles like Demon Knights or Dial H for Hero. Yeah, because they had to have 52 titles at all times. And like some of them were really creative and broke the mold of the traditional superhero comic. Unfortunately, most of those titles were quickly canceled when they didn't perform well. And they would be canceled so that they didn't even have a dozen, like half a dozen issues. They didn't really even have a chance to actually become popular. You couldn't even have it build a trade out of it. Because it was a story that you gave half of a fucking, like, second to. And then they were like, no, I guess this isn't working. And even established characters such as uh, Static Shock were given the axe after a mere eight issues. And a lot of those things would leave plot hooks unresolved, which is always really fun. Cool. Also, the new storylines were completely tonally anomalous from the previous storylines. One of the defining features of DC Comics has always been that no matter how bad things got, the characters always maintained a sense of optimism and hope for the future. It's like a, it's a very hopeful and like bright universe with the exception of Batman. But even Batman, as brooding as he can be, like ultimately believes that he's changing, he can change things for the better and that things will go the right way when he's written correctly. Hat tip to anybody with HBO Max, check out the Justice League or the Batman cartoon where he was written correctly. But somewhere along the way, the New 52 lost sight of that inherent optimism. Even traditionally optimistic characters as such as The Flash or Superman could feel hopeless at times. And it's not that dark stories can't be enjoyable. They certainly can be. But they can't be fucking everything because it's incredibly draining. And this and is supposed to be escapism. It say, it's different. When you pick up a book that you know is going to be dark, you are, or you, you go, have oh, expectations that you know is going to be that way, you are ready for it. Sort of. But you, your mindset is in a different You guard place. yourself a certain Exactly. Way. You pick up comics and you expect to be brought to a... You pick up Teen Titans. Yes. And you expect that it's going to be like a it's fun a, teen thing where a, they're fighting villains. And then it was just dark yeah. and shitty it's and sad. It's a superhero... It's a superhero story. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there will be dark times and there will be times where you're like, oh, no, shit's going down. But in the end, it works out yeah. because that's what they're supposed to be. They are escapism. Real life sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, there isn't a happy ending all There's the time There's a certain amount life. of optimism that's built into superhero comics that when you take it away, you get this shit and you get the ultimate universe. Ugh. And no one likes either of those. No one If I wanted to be depressed that. all the time, I would just exist and I wouldn't even bother with escapism. Come on. Life is already shitty enough. And that's what comics are for. Exactly. Like, comics are specifically for that. They're mm-hmm. a world where there's they're going to be these people that can make it better. So I watched a couple videos, and I have some... I didn't do my sources, so I'll do those at the end. Okay. <laughs> but uh, one of the quotes from 
<laughs> the videos, I was like, this is too good. I need to save it. Uh, was the new 52 promised a harder edge and boy, did it ever deliver. Wonder Woman was now always scowling with a, sh- a sword and shield in hand. Cyborg looked like a walking aircraft carrier. Harley Quinn's arsenal could rival Punisher's. And in general, everything seemed like it was ripped from the notebook doodles of a teenager hopped up on Mountain Dew Code Red. Oh. I was like, Yes. In 3D Doritos. Oh, yeah. We have some 3D Doritos, and we're really <laughs> fucking excited about it. But the issue that the is that the, the edge that the New 52 introduced was nothing but leftovers from the 90s. And that's exactly what it is. Like, those comic books feel a lot like shitty 90s comic books for a reason. Mm-hmm. And part of that is that a lot of the people that they put into positions where they were writing were very strong in the 90s and then didn't really do anything afterwards. And also the people who were in the leadership positions had the same fucking problem. And like, it's fine. Put a fucking leather jacket on it. And I'm like, I don't want Wonder Woman in a leather jacket. No. No. Uh, The women were all more scantily clad. The uh, men oozed testosterone and overcompensated by brandishing phallic firearms. And countless artists were trying to be Jim Lee light, which throw another leather jacket on there. And it's like, nobody, we already read these stories, yeah. but we read them where they had many years of history behind. So we were, actually cared about the characters. Sense. Yeah. And now you're just putting them out of nowhere. It's fucking ridiculous. So the issues weren't for the readers, but also for the talent working on the stories as well. So George Perez, one of our faves. Yes. He's amazing. Yes. Good guy. Saved me from a creep once upon a time. <laughs> uh, was working on a Superman title that was basically in the five years of in the future part where everything else is. But also Grant Morrison at the same time was working on one from five years before. So Perez kept having to fucking check up and see what the heck was going on, what pieces of continuity he could use while they were deciding at the same time. So he's like, calling them and being like, so what's his relationship with Ma and Pa Kent? Are they even still alive? Where are we going with this? Does he even know who Lois is? Like, how am I supposed to write my comic when I don't have five years of history? And then you're mad at me for asking questions that I need to fucking ask. (laughs) That's so frustrating. So he, uh, he ended up actually leaving the comic after six issues, which is way nicer than I would have been. Gail Simone also amazing (laughs) yeah was uh fired by email and like she was fired by email on her batgirl comic that was doing really well so there's speculation that she was fired because uh she was focusing on barbara having a trans roommate there's no confirmation on that but i feel like eh. Everything else that I've already said is confirmation of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they ended up having to hire her back because there was so much fan uh, backlash about Good. that. Mm-hmm. But imagine firing Gail Simone by fucking email. Right? Just imagine firing Gail Simone, period, but then by email. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so J.H. Williams and W. Hayden uh, Blackman left during their run on Batwoman, which was one of the best comics that has come out of DC, probably, period. Like, end of story. Their run on Batwoman is fucking incredible. But, uh, so their note on it, and I remember when it came out, and I was so, like, seething. I was like, I can feel my teeth grinding at night. <laughs> um, but their note, uh, their note said, basically, this is actually a quote. So, Unfortunately, in recent months, DC has asked us to alter or completely discard many long-standing storylines in ways we feel compromise the character and the series. We were told to ditch plans for Killer Croc's origins, forced to drastically alter the original ending of our current arc, which would have defined Batwoman's heroic future in bold and new ways, and most crushingly prohibited from ever showing Kate and Maggie actually getting married. All of these editorial decisions came at a last minute, always after a year or more of planning and plotting on our, on our end. So basically, they left DC because DC was like... Because DC needed to go suck a de- fucking bag of dicks. Yeah. 
you can eat a bag of glass assholes. Yeah, they were like, we're going to let you let Kate Kane get engaged to Maggie Sawyer, her longtime girlfriend. Um, and I'm sure, if I remember correctly, and I'm pretty sure I do, that they went fucking hard for the press. And they were like, oh, it's so nice, this. Yeah, and then, And then at the last minute, they were like, oh, no, they can't actually get married. So both of them left and they were like, we're, we're really sorry, but the 11th hour nature of these changes left us frustrated and angry because how are we supposed to fucking tell our story? Good for them. Yeah. No, it was, it, it was exactly the right thing to do. Uh, and when Dan JDO tried to explain why for this terribleness in 2013, he said, and I quote, heroes should not have happy personal lives. That is our mandate, that is our edict, and that is our stand. So imagine that's your stand. So so imagine this is the thing that you're going to stand on. Heroes should not have happy personal lives. It's essentially every high up CEO owner of a company ever. Mm-hmm. You don't get to have a personal life, but I'm I'm gonna treat you like shit. Yeah. Sorry. It's the same thing. He, a miserable they, fucking They cunt. literally just put it into comics, but yeah. that's I'm sure everybody writing under them felt the same way that their superheroes did. Oh, of course. Because that is our culture. Yeah. Well, and it's also them being like, this is, we're going to define how you write your stories. We're hiring you as writers, but not really. Like, you have to write within our confines, and also we might tell you something at the very last minute and you have to make a fucking change because we're in charge. Also, we might just fire you even though you're We might just fire you even though you're doing well. Yeah. Basically, heroes shouldn't have happiness uh, is not my... What any kind of hope is that for anyone reading comics Issue with like 60% of the pro... That's like 60% of my issue with the New 52. No person reading a comic book wants to read their heroes be just being miserable with no hope of ever being happy. That's not what we want. We love them. Uninspiring. Yeah. And yeah, we love them. We want them to be happy. How many times have we talked about Bucky and Wanda deserving everything? Like, DC did a really good job making their heroes happy for a really long time. They had a decent amount of optimism and hope and there were characters where you were like, I can see that this is getting better. Cass Kane, I can see her fucking life getting better like damien stupid fucking damien wayne (laughs) is getting to jump on a fucking bouncy house because steph exists and his life is getting better because he's getting to be able to be happy and like the fact that they don't understand the lifeblood of their fucking comics is bonkers and i really think that the dc new 52 came out a cost of dc's identity as a comic book brand here's another quote from dan didio after the new 52 uh so there was a disconnect with the fan base more than we'd ever perceived it felt palpable nobody was really into the stories we might have gone a little too far with some of the new 52 stories and lost the connective tissue that people used to really identify people really used to identify with our characters which is exactly what fucking happened. They took every part of it that was identifiable and that was something that you could look and be like, I see myself in these characters. And they were like, no, you know what would be fun? Let's put a leather jacket on it and make it more murdery and sad. And yeah, you did an unnecessary relaunch that made characters with decades of backstory into nothing, said it was going to be more streamlined, but then wouldn't let go of enough of the past for that to work. You devalued people and their talents, and you put your friends in charge, and you tried to, like, anybody who was in your shit in the 90s got to do more. You tried to relaunch the oldest comic brand with six months lead time, and you expected it to work men mm-hmm. and now it's really the dominant story within dc's media jeff johns does a lot of work with any with Zack snyder both superman and uh the batman versus superman were during the dc new 52 and they took their cues from that and you can tell mm-hmm Oh, and their effect has one been of the seen reasons why they're, they suck so bad. Throughout all of I the I mean, there's a lot shit. of reason why they suck so there's bad. So much. But that's but one of them. It's 
<laughs> it's part and parcel. It all goes in the same. And like also DC animated stuff hasn't been as good since then because most of their animated stuff has been new 52 comics adapted and sorry hard pass if i don't want to watch every sad dumb bit i just watched a jla and jlu and they're both incredible and good stories and really really smart but not sad and tragic all the time and there's a lot of tragedy that happens within them but it's not what defines them the hope is what defines them and that's what it should be for fucking DC. Um, and then, so, they did end up stopping. Uh, they were like, okay, we got rid of the DC New 52. We're going more or less back, but we're keeping some of the parts that we liked because we can't make any, like, full decisions for anything. And it was when <laughs> they absorbed Watchmen into DC. <laughs> DC. And basically, uh, Jeff Johns who is the one who works with Zack Snyder and who headed up a lot of these things was like, oh, well, you know what happened? Turns out we're Doc Manhattan's rewrite of the new world. And he was like, maybe I'll steal the happiness and optimism for a little bit. And it turns out it didn't work. Shrug. And then was like, I'm such a good writer. Eat. A bag of glass assholes, Jeff Johns. You are a bad writer. You do not understand what makes any person happy. The fact that you were like, this twist is so good. (laughs) And not like, I am such a fucking hack. Like, first of all, you steal a bunch of characters that are actually really good and well-written. And then take them under your own. And then you're like... Also, they did the bad writing that I did for the last five years. <laughs> Not me. It, it was, was them. them. It was all Doc Manhattan. So yeah, that is the DC New 52. Basically, it was their problem not understanding what their base was. Any person that was involved in it. And God, I'm so unhappy about it. And we're ten years later, but we're still fucking so feeling mad. it. They're so mad about it. Like, there are still large ripples that go through everything. Zack Snyder's Justice League and the other fucking Justice League are both very largely New 52 problems. Especially the second, uh, the first one, Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's all people who are like, you know what would be really fun? If Superman murdered more people. No! Okay. So that's the end of my rant. I have to stop before I continue. I did pretty well. I'm so proud. Yeah, I forgot how much I was mad about all of this stuff. And then I was like, oh. Oh, no. I'm really mad oh, about all this stuff. It turns out I watched a couple of videos on YouTube, and one of them was like some dude who came to DC through the New 52, and he was like, as a practice... This was really bad. You did a bad job. (laughs) It didn't make sense. Like, it did none of the things that you wanted it to. And then it was also worse than what you had before. (laughs) So I watched a couple. uh, So for my sources, (laughs) I watched a couple videos on YouTube. If you look up DC New 52, they will literally be like the first three fucking videos. (laughs) And they're all very good. One of them was how DC or did DC New 52 ruin everything. And it was like, yes, they did. And then also the article where DC's New 52 went so wrong by Jason Serafino in Tech Times and Rebirth, 15 Things DC's New 52 Got Wrong by Eric Brackett. So yeah, those are my sources. I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cletus Jacobs. Join us as we watch changes in the DC Universe unfold. We'll keep you informed on DC News, We'll review the future state event, and of course, we'll be talking the Arrowverse shows. Thanks for letting us be a part of your DC Comics journey, and thanks for listening to the Earth Station DCU podcast. Part of the ESO Network! Alright, so, now that we're all angry over Everything. 
Nuka now that you are seething over every terrible thing that has happened to so a million Robins in five years, like and Damien's ten, I went off, <laughs> but I I barely went off because <laughs> this could have been a week. Yep, this could have been a podcast. <laughs> this could have been a whole series. Yeah. If you caught me ten years ago, I might have headbutted you over this. <laughs> I still think about headbutting some of these people. Uh, but uh, we decided because this has been really long. We're going to cut this into two. This so, is going to be our first two-parter. Two-parter. So, special episode 50 is going to go into episode 51. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or special episode 50A and 50B. There, oh, we could do that, mm-hmm. too. I don't want to take 50 away from your rant. Ew. They're both important. 50M and 50B? Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. That works. Okay. All right. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. So everyone, <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed part one of our rant. Yeah, part one of two. Um, uh, we'll be coming at you next, next week. week. Brittany's coming for you hard. Hard. Yep. It's going to be, I don't apologize. Yeah. So you'll catch us next week with the rest of it for mm-hmm. part B. Uh, but please, please, please rate, review, subscribe. We are, as always, on uh, Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can also find us on ESO Network and on Podbean. And, of course, we will see you next Tuesday. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.